In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Lesson from the first letter of St. Paul the Apostle to the Corinthians. Brethren, you know that when you were Gentiles, you went to, to dumb idols according as you were led. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God says anathema to Jesus. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit, and there are varieties of ministries, but the same Lord, and there are varieties of workings, but the same God, who works all things in all. Now the manifestation of the Spirit is given to everyone for profit. To one, through the Spirit, is given the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge, according to the same Spirit. To another, faith in the same Spirit, to another, the gift of healing in the one Spirit. To another, the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the distinguishing of spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. But all these things are the work of one and the same Spirit who allots to everyone according as he wills. Continuation of the Holy Gospel according to Luke. At that time, Jesus spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves as being just and despised others. Two men went up to the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and began to pray thus within himself, O God, I thank you that I am not like the rest of men, robbers, dishonest, adulterers, or even like this publican. I fast twice a week. I pay tithes of all that I possess. But the publican, standing afar off, would not so much as lift up his eyes to heaven, but kept striking his breast, saying, O God, be merciful to me, the sinner. I tell you, this man went back to his home justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself shall be humbled, and he who humbles himself shall be exalted. The Gospel of the Lord. Our Lord always has a way of uh, hitting the nail on the head uh, or not missing the mark. You know, that language of missing the mark is uh, the meaning of the, of the Hebrew word, uh, actually, sorry, the, uh, uh, the Greek word for sin, missing the mark. So it's certainly not anything related to our Lord. But with these parables, um, he has a way of striking right at the heart uh, of things uh, that he knows are going to be challenging for those who seek and strive to follow him. Because on the one hand, I mean, I want you to fast twice a week. I want you to pay tithes on everything you possess, on all these kinds of things. Like, I want you to live out a healthy and good Christian life. I want you to worship our Lord uh, in the way that he, that he invites us to. Uh, and I want you uh, to have an ordered sense of virtue uh, in your heart and in, in your life. And so our Lord uses then for us the language of justification. So what's that word mean? Really easy. To make one just. To justify oneself. And we use it as kind of an, to, like, to make excuses, so to speak. To excuse myself in certain kinds of colloquial, colloquial ways. Um, but to actually make myself just. To become something that I was not before. Some, to become something that I cannot, in fact, make myself. This is the whole uh, point of the distinction he makes in our gospel for today. Uh, I can fast more than twice a week if I desire. I can pay tithes and everything that everybody else possesses too if I want. <laughs> it's not going to make you just. 
And this is in fact uh, the deepest question that, every, that everyone has struggled with from the beginning. Uh, because uh, if, well, if I can make myself just, it makes us ask a really fascinating question. Can anybody in fact justify me? And we can talk on, uh, on a level of, uh, of, of just strict theology. Like, I know that Christ justifies me. Um, but we've also uh, heard it said that perhaps the longest distance in the universe is from here to here. I know it, but is it something that, that really has sunk in deeply to the depths of my being? And do I live in such a way that he has, in fact, justified me? Do I live in such a way that proclaims that truth, that reality to the world, that he is the one who, in fact, justifies me? Or do I live in such a way that I am the one who justifies me? It's a very subtle difference, uh, and one that can't be, uh, how do we say it, just reduced uh, to exterior practice. Uh, Because, again, our Lord points out the exterior practice of the Pharisee. And he says, this isn't something that is worthwhile. This isn't something that is, for him, pleasing to God. And yet, far be it from us to say that exterior practice is not something that God desires from us. Faith without works is useless. Faith without works is dead, is the the way St. James says it in his letter. And so exterior practice is a necessary part of the Christian life. So how is it then that we bridge that gap between the head and the heart? How is it then that we act that, that the, the reality of what Christ has done for us in justifying us and making me just, how is it that that, that, that actually penetrates in the depths of my, of my being? And so thanks be to God, he gives us the example of this poor tax collector uh, who has nothing at all to bring to God. Nothing at all with which to commend himself to the Almighty. And perhaps there are moments in our lives when we experience that as well. It's easy to rely on my exterior practice. It's easily easy to rely on uh, whatever it is, all the, all the good gifts that, that God has, has in fact given me. And yet when I do see the Lord face to face, one of these days, how many of those things are going to be what he's looking for? When he asks me, well, what did you do to, to merit entering into heaven? What am I going to say? Am I going to say that all of my exterior practice was, in fact, the thing that makes me able, or that because of which I deserve to enter into eternal blessedness? There's nothing I have to offer. All that I'm going to have, be able to, 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 to look to all that I'm going to be able to, to point to is going to be that one sacrifice of Christ on the cross. That's my merit. And apart from, apart from Him, I have absolutely nothing to commend myself to God with. Now for some that might be a little um, frightening. <laughs> but it doesn't need to be. It doesn't need to be a, a terrible thing that I have nothing to offer to God. Because, well, parents, with your children, what do they have, really, to commend themselves to you? Especially when when you held them for the first time. They're not looking at you and saying, look, look at all the amazing things that I've done. You should love me. No, a child in your arms is just there. 
And you don't need a reason to love the child because he or she is yours. And are we not then sons and daughters of God Most High? doesn't need so much a reason to love us, but he loves us because we are, we are his. And so as I come before him and say, look, Father, look at the mess that I've made of all of the good things that you have given me, all the wonderful gifts, all the graces, all the virtues, all the helps in this life, all the friends and family and the community and the church and everything else. Look at the mess that I've made of everything. How does he respond? I know. I saw you make the mess of everything. But you're still my son. And you're still my daughter. And I love you. This is the good news that we have to proclaim to the world. The world that knows it's made a mess of everything. Somewhere in its heart of hearts anyway. And a world that doesn't know how to bridge this gap between this Pharisee who, uh, again, commends himself to God by his good works. The world thinks that all you have to be, or all you can be, is just a hopeless sinner. But the the publican, the tax collector, isn't a hopeless sinner. If he was a hopeless sinner, he wouldn't come to God asking for mercy. No, he's the one who has sinned, but one who is, in fact, completely full of hope. What we don't see in the parable is what happens in the mind of that publican after he leaves the temple. All we know is that he goes home having been made just. He gives thanks to God for this wonderful gift. He's not worried about the Pharisee. He doesn't care if the Pharisee has more practices than he does uh, or not. All the publican has uh, is a complete and utter devotion to God because it's what God has given him by forgiving him and by healing him. Down the road, that publican is going to be, how do we say it, a lot more attractive, as it were, to those who are in need of conversion. Why? Because his conversion has gone to the deepest parts of his being. And perhaps that publican will fast twice a week down the road and pay tithes on everything that he has uh, and do all of the other things that he is supposed to do but he's going to have something that the Pharisee doesn't have, and that's humility. Without the virtue of humility, we have absolutely nothing. It's the prerequisite for all of the virtues. Pride, as we know, is the first sin of the evil one, uh, and as well uh, of Adam and Eve. I can achieve something, eternal life, by eating from that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I can achieve something uh, on my own without the help of God. And remember what the evil one promised to Adam and Eve. You'll be like God, he says to them. And God says to us, I was going to give you that anyway. But you had to go out and reach for it and take it for yourself. So we then have the opportunity again to turn to the altar. Having received that gift of being made like God, being made justified, and also being made as sons and daughters in the Son, Jesus Christ. And all we can do then is fall on our knees and worship and give thanks to God for the wonderful gift He has given. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.